Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. For three and a half years, the disciples followed Jesus every day. Every aspect of their life, they were dependent on Jesus. And they were actually under the influence of Jesus. You and I are under the influence every day of all kinds of things. That influence has an effect on my life. What does that mean? Under the influence means this. To have an effect upon, to shape, to regulate. Imagine you're in an unfamiliar place with no way to tell where you are. In order to be safe and not become lost, you need a guide. For believers, that guide is the Holy Spirit. This world is not our home and we can easily become lost in it if we don't have the light to show us the way. When Jesus physically left this earth, he told his disciples that God would send another like him. He gave us the Holy Spirit. If we let the Spirit influence our lives, there'll be no room for all the destructive, negative influences we encounter daily. What a gift! He'll convict us when we're wrong, convince us of what's right, and empower us to follow through. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Acts, chapter 19, verse 1, with our continuing study entitled, Fill Up. To many people, the Holy Spirit is a fog. It's a mist in your life. If I would say to you, who is the Holy Spirit? What does he do? What does he want to do with you outside the church? For sure, they're in the clouds. They're clueless. I'm afraid inside the church. If I would ask for you to write a one short paragraph, 50 words of the roles of the Holy Spirit, which is supposed to be in you and through you, I'd probably be shocked at the answer. So today, we're going to start off in a church in Ephesus, Paul's there, and the believers are in a fog about the Holy Spirit. So I'm asking God this weekend, in all of our services, at all of our campuses, for God to come and clear away all the confusion and bring clarity about the roles of the Holy Spirit in your life and my life. And I absolutely believe, because I've watched at the other services, God is going to do that. So the mystery, the mist, the confusion, the misunderstandings, I believe as we watch God's Word, are going to be gone today. And you're going to see the essential well, the Holy Spirit is essential. We cannot do life without the Holy Spirit. So really, much of the confusion doesn't come within the church. It comes because Satan confuses people with all kinds of things. See, if you mention the Holy Spirit, some people, all they remember is the Holy Ghost. And other people like, the weird kind of stuff? The Holy Spirit is not weird. So if you have the Holy Spirit and you're weird, then you don't have the Holy Spirit. You have you. You're weird. 
we'll ask you to leave this place because we're not interested in weird people. So remember what we're doing. We started wise up, wise up right here. What did that mean? Well, it meant we saw a verse in Jeremiah that you are not designed to do your own life. You don't have the wisdom. God knows things you and I don't know. So we have to get wisdom from God to do life. That's why he gave us the word of God. Lamp to my feet, light to my path. Well, then the, after two weeks of that, we said, well, how do we, how do we get this wisdom? And we learned that God still speaks today. He speaks primarily through the word of God. But the second thing we learned was he speaks through inner promptings, those promptings of the Holy Spirit. And that led us into where we are now to fill up. In other words, to come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And as I begin to see that, then it's easy for me to do life. I know the will of God. I know how he wants to use me. And everything kind of becomes clear. So we begin in a fog this morning, actually, in Ephesus. Look at Acts 19, verse 1. When Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we're in a fog. Well, that's exactly what they say. Look at this. They answered, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul says, well, then wait a minute. What what baptism did you receive? And they said, well, we received John the Baptist's baptism. And Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He was just coming before Jesus. He was just talking, telling people to repent. And he told the people to believe in the one coming after him, which would have been Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus. So Paul, look at me, Paul goes into this town, Ephesus, and there are so-called disciples, whether they're really believers yet or not. There's a debate. It doesn't matter. At the end of this, you'll see they become believers. And uh, they had only heard about really John the Baptist and his baptism. Now, this is amazing because this is 25 years after Pentecost, 25 years after Jesus lived three and a half years on the, in this land, right outside this land. So they're so confused. So Paul begins to distinguish between the baptism of John and the baptism of Jesus. He begins to tell them, well, John's baptism was just for repentance. It was to get you ready for when Jesus would come. Jesus' baptism happens after you believe in Jesus, you're regenerated, and it's a sign to people that you become a follower. And so then they kind of get it. So whether they were believers before or now they just get it, we don't have all the things that Paul taught them, obviously. Paul gets them to understand they need to repent and believe. They do that. They understand the role of Jesus. And then what's the next thing he does? Look back. Look at verse 5. They're baptized in water. Now, this truth became alive. So just be thinking about that. And I want to see how good you do. 
when the Holy Spirit, when you become a Christian, let's see where does, if you're a Christian, where does the Holy Spirit live? Where does the Holy Spirit live? Point, point to me where? Point to me where? He lives where? Inside of us. So the moment you become a Christian, we'll see that this morning, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's God. He's the third person of the Trinity. He comes to live inside us. So these believers, these people here finally get it right. They hear about Jesus. And what they heard about was this. They had always heard about the Holy Spirit. They just didn't know the Holy Spirit had come. They knew the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament is all over. But they never knew the Pentecost. So they get saved. So they repent. They ask God to come into their life. They're there. Where's the Holy Spirit in these guys? Where is it? No, it's not outside. They repent. And the Holy Spirit comes inside. The Holy Spirit comes in. And how do I know the Holy Spirit came in? Because what's the next thing Paul does? He baptizes them in what? In water. To say what? You're a believer. See, you don't get baptized in water for salvation. You get baptized in water proving you already have been saved. Does that make sense to you? Water doesn't save us. The blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. There's no shedding. Without the shedding of blood, no remission of sins. So these guys, watch me. I'm a guy. I'm one of the guys at Ephesus. I was confused. I was in a fog. Paul teaches. No, Jesus has come. You're, you're okay. You have to believe in Jesus. His baptism and his salvation is available for you. Okay, I repent. They receive the Holy Spirit. He's in them. Next thing to do, they're water baptized. And they go on with their life. No, not really. There's another verse. Take a look. Verse 6. Now, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit, who lived in them, came on them, upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Here we see the third role of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came on them. So there's three relationship roles every Christian should experience with the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to review the last two and we present the third, what you've just seen. So turn in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of John where we were. We'll go very quickly. John chapter 14. Vieira and Sebastian, those are you guys online out in the commons. The cafetorium. John chapter 14. Scoot on down to verse 16. Now let me give you a little preview quickly. Jesus was meeting with his disciples and he said to them, I'm going away, I'm going to the cross, then I'm going back to heaven. That shocked them. But then he gives them this promise. I'm not going to leave you alone. And we'll read what he says. Look what Jesus says to his disciples. And I will ask the Father and he'll give you another counselor, another comforter, to be with you forever, speaking about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. Now, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. See, when you're not a Christian, you don't understand things of the Spirit. It's a spirit world. But you know him, for he lives with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So, for three and a half years, the disciples followed Jesus every day. Every aspect of their life. They were dependent on Jesus. And they were actually under the influence of Jesus. You and I are under the influence every day of all kinds of things. That influence has an effect on my life. What does that mean? Under the influence means this. To have an effect upon, to shape, to regulate. Under the influence. To have an effect upon, 
to shape and to regulate. I mean, TV does this, all kind of advertising does this. You go to a place of food, you know, when, when you go to a fancy restaurant, they don't tell you about their desserts. They bring their food cart out and put it right in front of you. That has an influence on you. Okay, you see, they go, I wasn't going to have one, but I got to have one of those now. You know, they breathe the chocolate in front of your face and all the rest of that stuff. So under the influence. Well, the disciples were under the influence for three and a half years of Jesus. They just followed him. They were totally dependent on him. And then he says, I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving you without influence. In fact, God's going to send another one just like me. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a force. He's a person. He's God. He's part of the Trinity. So that opened up to us personal relationships. A force. I can't have a relationship with this podium. But I can have a relationship with people. I can have a relationship with God. Because he's a person. Now, very quickly, number one. If you weren't here, write him down. If you were, then you don't need this. Number one, relationship. Jesus says to his disciples... When the Holy Spirit comes, he's with you right now. He's alongside you, but eventually he'll be in you. So relationship number one is this. Convicted and convinced by the Spirit. Every one of you at every one of our campuses this morning, you're a Christian because the Holy Spirit at one point in your life came alongside you, basically in your mind, in your heart, and said, how are you going to get rid of the sin? in your life. And you say, well, I'm going to be a good person. And eventually you heard a pastor say, good people don't go to heaven. Only forgiven people go to heaven. And the Holy Spirit says, okay, what are you going to do with your sin? Well, I'm going to try to work it off. Well, that isn't going to work. So what do you do? You say, well, what should I do? We'll see that in the passage this morning. Well, that's why Jesus came. You have to have forgiveness of your sins. So the Holy Spirit is the one convicting us and convincing of it. You can't come to salvation on your own. It's the role of the Holy Spirit. Now, as I teach, as every pastor teaches that teaches the Word of God, we teach the principles, but I never convince or convict anyone. It's the Spirit. Some of you are not believers. He's already speaking to you. By the way, once the Holy Spirit's in us, He also convicts us. When we do something wrong, if you're married, He definitely convicts us. Okay? I did that just for those of you that had problems this morning. Okay, now, so what is the goal? Why is the Holy Spirit convicting and convincing people? Because there's only two places that we spend eternity. See, you're going to live forever somewhere, in heaven with God or in hell without God. And everything is about salvation. People coming to Christ, being a disciple, and then going out and making other disciples. That's what it's about. So... When that happens, and I accept, as you saw in Ephesus this morning, when the persons believe, they repent, the Holy Spirit comes in them. Now, here's the second relationship then. The moment you become a Christian, you're indwelt by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit moves in, and remember, now we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. No longer Jesus, but the Holy Spirit. And he begins to conform us to look like Jesus. We are, in essence, when Jesus leaves, he left a church that would go out in the world. Pretty soon they're going to be called Christians. What does that mean? Christ-like. 
So if you've seen Jesus, then that's what I'm to be. And so the fruit of the Spirit conforming us, Romans chapter 8, gives us all of that. So the goal of coming to Christ is not just, well, Pastor Mark, I got my, this is my ticket to get to heaven. Don't touch it. It's for me. Well, yes, you, you don't need a ticket. You're saved by grace. God already knows who you are. Your name's in the book of life. But now I'm supposed to become like him. But not just that, there's more for us to do. But I want to stop right here because you need to write this fact down. I'm going to give you three or four facts this morning. Number one, fact. At salvation, every Christian has the Holy Spirit inside of them. You cannot be a Christian and not have the Holy Spirit in you. Impossible. Impossible. So, and the reason I say this is this, because you hear some well-meaning people, I won't name them, that will say to you this, you say, I'm a Christian, and here's what they'll say to you, well, do you speak in tongues, do you dance wild, do you whatever, that has nothing to do, well, you don't speak in tongues, well, then you're not a Christian, totally wrong, 100% wrong, a billion percent wrong, the minute you accept Jesus Christ, The Holy Spirit comes in and he seals you. You have the Holy Spirit in you forever. That's a great thing. Now, I don't deserve it. That's why it's called grace. We sang that. Amazing grace. Yeah, no kidding. So when that happens in my life, as you begin to think about that, there's more. And that's why I want you to turn to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. Now, Jesus goes to the cross. He's crucified. He pays for our sins. He's buried. Three days later, he's resurrected. He spends the next 40 days meeting with lots of different people. Of course, his disciples. So this is after he's paid for our sins. And watch what happens in verse 21. Again, Jesus, remember now, this is after he's resurrected, said to his disciples, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Let me just stop for a moment. Look at me. See, here again, people misunderstand Christianity. Jesus says, I was sent. I came to seek and save that which was lost. I got a bunch of disciples. They followed me. You guys became like me. Now I'm leaving. So I'm leaving the Great Commission in your hands. See, a lot of Christians say, well, again, I'm saved. I don't re- I'll come to church whenever I get a chance. No, Jesus says, as I, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. He's sending you into the world because lost people matter to God. You say, that's your job, Pastor Mark. It is. But it's yours too. It's all of us. Now, watch what else he says. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. See, before Calvary, people that believed, Believe by faith that Jesus was going to the cross. That's how Old Testament people get to heaven. They never saw Jesus crucified, resurrected. They believed he was going to do it by faith. We're saved by faith. So this was their inexperience. This was their salvation experience that happened after 
Jesus paid for their sins. So with the disciples at that moment, where is the Holy Spirit? Inside them. Receive the Holy Spirit. That was their inexperience. Now, you would think, because Jesus said, I'm sending you, the disciples would have thought like this, okay? Three and a half years of experience with Jesus. Does it get any better than that? No. I kind of know what to do now. I now have the Holy Spirit where? Tell me, tell me. Inside me. Which of the, those disciples would have said this? On your mark, get set, go. Which one? Peter. I'm ready now. You're sending me. But watch what Jesus says to his disciples. Look, and now, Luke 24, 49, I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised, but stay here in the city of Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit, here it is, comes, comes upon you, overflows you, and here it comes, and fills you with power from corporate America. No, this is power from where? Tell me. From heaven. See, man's ability is not equal to God's power. Did you get it? We have a lot of people think, I know the Bible, I know Greek, I know Hebrew. Cool. God's power is not equal to your ability. So, look at me. What is Jesus saying to his disciples? Very simply, here's what Jesus says. You're not ready yet. Well, what do you mean we're not ready? We got all this experience. We have the Holy Spirit in us. What do you mean we're not ready? Here's what Jesus says to them. We don't see it in his words, but you'll see in a moment. What I had to do ministry, you have to have. And you don't have the empowering of the Spirit yet. So let's go back at the beginning. And I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 3, and we'll see what Jesus was talking about. It's very simple. The clouds should be coming away from you. They've been convicted by the Holy Spirit. They have the Holy Spirit in them. But Jesus says, you're not ready yet. There's another relationship with the Holy Spirit that you need. So Luke chapter 3, Luke chapter 3, verse 21. All of our campuses, those of you watching online, watch this. Now, when all the people were being baptized, this is John the Baptized, he's baptizing people in the same time that Jesus, you know, they were cousins. Jesus was water baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended, circle this word in your Bible, on him. The Greek word is a P, overflows him. In a bodily form like a dove. And a voice from heaven came and said this, You are my son whom I love with you. I am well pleased. Now, what is happening here? Let me just go back and show you. When Jesus was born, Jesus had the Holy Spirit already where? In him. Because he was born by the Holy Spirit and by Mary. So he had the Holy Spirit in him. He's just being water baptized, not saying that I had sin and I've been saved. He just did that for an example for you and me. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reviewed the journey we've taken so far to wise up, listen up, now to fill up. 
we know that the Lord speaks to us through promptings of the Holy Spirit. So our question for today was to figure out how that happens. We heard about Paul who baptized a group of believers in Jesus' name, and the Holy Spirit came upon them. As believers, we are indwelt by the Spirit. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. The messages that you hear each day here on Lessons for Living were produced from messages that Pastor Mark shared at the main campus in Melbourne. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866 877-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we'll see what the Holy Spirit gives us. More than conviction and leading. Pastor Mark will show us how Scripture is clear that Christ followers must be filled with the Holy Spirit before they can minister, do His works, or change the world around us. We'll see the different forms of baptism and how there are different reasons for each in the life of a believer. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Right. 